Welcome to America's Pal. I'm your host, Darren White. This is the number one rated podcast being recorded in my man cave. Uh, you can find us everywhere podcasts like to hang out. That's uh, Spotify, iHeart, Apple. You can find us on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, if you're within the uh, parameters of the Alphabet Soup groups, then you can find us probably on any of the networks associated with the FBI, CIA, DOD, DOE, um, Probably, yeah, pretty much all of them. So, oh, the NSA. Don't forget the NSA. We don't want to leave them out. Anyway, um, if you like to email, you can email me at Darren at AmericasPal.com. That's D A R E N. You can also check out the website. I made a few tweaks to it to uh, make it easier to find uh, everywhere the podcast is. So, if you just go to AmericasPal.com, then you can go uh, to the podcast page, pay, podcast page, the podcast page, and you'll be able to see um, the uh, all the links to Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, YouTube, uh, Rumble. Apparently, I need fifteen subscribers on Rumble before it'll let me just uh, share a link with my channel. So I don't get a channel, so I can share. Uh, ep- Oh, episodes, but not the channel. So YouTube, you can just find America's Pal on YouTube, and that'll take you right to the channel. You can see all the content and all of that. Uh, I am brand new to Twitter. I found the little blue bird. Um, I don't think it's taking a blue pill. It's a blue bird, but it's interesting. It's a it's a different platform. I fart around on uh, on Facebook and. Uh, you can find me Darren White on Facebook. You'll probably see my logo and the the beard and all that good stuff. Uh, don't have a Facebook uh, page dedicated yet to America's Pal, but Twitter's an interesting echo chamber. Uh, it is, uh, I guess, as you expand and get more and more followers, it'll change. But it's it's just another social media echo chamber, and it is interesting how. The algorithm works where it can really suck you in. It is a time sucker, just like all the other ones. Uh, you're probably not going to find me on TikTok. The Chinese Communist Party probably already has us on their radar, even though we are very, very small. But anyway, um, go to any of the platforms where you prefer to find our show. If that's uh, on the podcast platform, Spotify, Spotify, iHeart any of those, click the subscribe, give us a five-star review because I am that shameless. Remember, we don't have any sponsors. That's why I do my deadbeat sponsor ads. I make those up myself. So all of the goodness you get here, the Radio Bronze is free. That's right. Um, So anyway, give us a review if you'd like. And then, like I said, all the hate mail or positive input, feel free to go ahead and shoot me an email, Darren at AmericasPal.com, D-A-R-R-E-N at AmericasPal.com. Uh, today we're going to get into uh, an interesting topic. There's a movie that's been out put out by uh, the Believe Entertainment Group, the same people that put out um, God's Not Dead and the Abby Johnson story Unplanned. This is a powerful, powerful film based on the book by Steve Dace. It's called Nefarious. It's in theaters now. It's still on some screens. It's a very limited um, 
uh, released simply because the spirit of the age here in Hollywood tends to tamp down any kind of film or entertainment that might have a different worldview. But this film, it, uh, it'll shake you, and it will make you think. So we're going to go over that. I'll play the promo for that. Uh, and then after that, we're going to get into uh, this week, we're going to do a little bit of a new shotgun round, which is completely nonviolent. It's just a shotgun. It might be double lot buck. It might be birdshot. It's just going to be a bunch of topics that are floating around that I kind of want to talk about. So before we get uh, into any of the weekly news outbreak, any of that, we got to go to our first deadbeat sponsor, somebody you'll probably remember. This is the Florida Man. So listen. Tune in every single week as long as I'm around to produce it each week, which is sometimes doesn't happen because it's not my day job. But today, let's switch over to Florida Man, our first deadbeat sponsor break. This portion of the program is brought to you by Florida Man Adventureland. If you're a Central Florida native and you're tired of all the theme parks built for the out-of-towners, then Florida Man Adventureland is the place for you. It's a theme park built for the Florida Man by the Florida Man. If you think swimming with the dolphins is for chumps and you can swim with the alligators at the Florida Man Lagoon, fully stocked with gators big enough to take more than a dollar's worth of hamburger off of you. If you dabble in off-label chemistry, then be sure to experience our immersive Stump the Dentist experiment. If firearms suit your fancy, then check out the Florida Man Shooting Emporium. You can take a shot at a wild pig or of a rival gang from our authentic 1996 Chevrolet Impala. Forget all those butterfly encounters. We got a mosquito encounter that will knock your socks off. When you get a path of thirst and a path of hunger, then don't miss out on our bath salt buffet. It will expand your mind. The mouse might have a Chewbacca, but we got our very own skunk ape experience. Try to find him just after our lunch at the bath salt buffet. Don't waste time with a mouse, the whale, or a hulk. Jumpstart your pickup and get down with us at the Florida Man Adventureland, located just east of East Orlando. And welcome back to America's Pal. So let's dig right into this week's news outbreak. Longtime perpetual Republican Senate Minority Leader, Mitch the Turtle McConnell is rumored to be retiring soon. When asked, he said, after nearly a century of hating Republicans and a lucrative partnership with the Chinese government and our military-industrial complex, it may be time for me to pass my torch to someone who hates Republicans and our republic as much as I do. I wonder what Mitt Romney is up to. Befuddled President Joe Biden traveled to Northern Ireland recently. Documents within his official private security with his official private security information were found on the street just outside of his hotel. They contain details about the operation, street closures, and security measures to keep him safe from harm. When asked about the debacle, Vice President Kamala Harris cackled nervously and then said, How many windows must I provide? 
from the Nothing to See Here desk. A dairy farm in Texas mysteriously burst into flames incinerating roughly 18,000 cows. A machinery malfunction is reported as the potential source for the largest barn barbecue in history. Lab-grown meat aficionado and globalist Bill Gates said there's nothing, nothing to see here as he slipped out of his ninja outfit. World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab reported his, repeated his admonition that you will eat the bugs. A trove of leaked super-secret Pentagon documents was discovered on a gaming platform. The documents revealed actual U.S. troops in Ukraine, U.S. spying on allies, again, conflated Russian and Ukrainian casualties, four additional Chinese spy balloons that flew over the U.S., and the Dalai Lama's preferred tongue-sucking technique. More on that later. The FBI reacted to the leak leak of the DOD documents in record time and arrested 21-year-old Massachusetts National Guardsman Jack Douglas Tashiera for leaking said embarrassments. Attorney General Merrick Garland was asked about the speed and efficiency of the FBI, and he said, We always keep close tabs on our plants. The 132-year-old senator from California, Dianne Feinstein, has asked to be temporarily replaced on the Senate Judiciary Committee after a bout of shingles and cognitive decline. When asked about the possible replacement, she said, The only one capable of filling my seat is the stroke-stricken senator from Pennsylvania, John the Lurch Fetterman. In an attempt to control the city's out-of-control rodent population, New York City is looking for its first-ever rat czar. The top requirement is simple. To become the rat, you must be the rat. Top contenders include New York Senator Chuck Schumer, Animal Planet, substar Ernie Turtleman Brown Jr., live action, baby! California Congressman Adam Schiff. Canceled cartoon star Pepe Le Pew, Utah Senator Mitt Romney, and Don Lemon from CNN. The Dalai Lama raised approximately four eyebrows worldwide when he kissed a young boy on the forehead and then stuck his tongue out and instructed the young boy to suck it. When asked about the bizarre behavior, a spokesman for the religious Buddhist leader of billions worldwide said it was a simple misunderstanding. This is how Tibetans ask youngsters if they would like a Bud Light on a hot afternoon with a powerful religious robe-wearing human idol. The Vatican applauded his response. Anheuser-Busch, the parent company of Bud Light, the favorite beer of rednecks and blue-collar Americans alike, lost approximately $6 billion after making trans activist Dylan Mulvaney the face of the brand. This just in, legendary badass Chuck Norris to be the new model for Victoria's Secret. Manslaughter charges were quickly dropped against actor Alec Baldwin last week, but not as quickly as the actor dropped his cinematographer with a round of the chest from a prop gun that was mysteriously loaded with live ammunition. Connecticut Congresswoman Rosa DeLaRue praised Transportation Secretary Buttigieg 
for ensuring that female crash test dummies will be used to promote dummy gender equity. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is reported to be thrilled for her turn behind the wheel of a real scientific test. And that sums up this week's news outbreak. All right, one more deadbeat sponsor, and then we're going to break right into this week's topic. This portion of the program is brought to you by Irish Winter Bar Soap. Winter is coming. You're going to need a bar soap strong enough for the winter, not the spring. Irish Winter Bar Soap is strong enough to wash away a thousand years of battle. Lifetime of pestilence and plague will melt away. It will wash away famine brought upon you by a winter's icy grasp. Irish Winter Bar Soap is made in a cauldron hotter than the very surface of a thousand burning suns not seen here in generations. It's made with the lie from the ashes of our ancestors who died in the battles of kings and emperors. And it's blended with the crumbled ruins of our castles from days long ago. Infused with the healing of the red clover, the bluebell, the meadow sweet, and just a dash of the poison of bog rosemary. Prepare for the winter with Irish winter bar soap. Strong enough to wash away the winter as you pray for springtime. And welcome back. If you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, you might notice this in front of me. This is uh, my cordless hole puncher. Uh, probably going to be making some some content kind of directed at that, possibly in different kinds of episodes, a different format. But I've uh, been going to the range every single week for, oh, about two months now. And even though it's been years and years and years since I was actively, you know, going to the range or doing anything firearm related. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I've got about 1,700 rounds through this SIG X macro. Only three malfunctions, and all three of those were with Winchester uh, range ammo. So that kind of tells me it's probably ammo related, but this thing has been great. So anyway, the reason why it's on camera, why you can see it, is we're going to test a thing about gun violence. So in the upcoming videos and all of that, pretty much going to have this cordless hole puncher on camera and we're going to see if it does any gun violence so if it does anything out of the ordinary um it's right now it's in my crossbreed holster uh it if it does anything violent definitely email me darren at americaspal.com that's d-a-double-r-e-n let me know if this thing does anything violent while we're watching um obviously if you're in the alphabet soup groups then you already know that it it's it's here and you're probably watching it right now so let's just let's just move on um okay nope still hadn't done anything yet nope okay just watch it and anyway this week i want to talk about a movie and Not only am I not a professional podcast host, I'm also not a professional movie reviewer. 
But having worked at Blockbuster back in the late 90s, I feel like I'm some level of expert when it comes to movies. I still have I still have some VHS tapes, no VCR anymore. I don't know why I still have those. But I do have about 700 DVDs and I don't know there's something about DVDs or a disc that you can put in into a DVD player and watch your movie. You don't have to worry about streaming and internet connection and for me, I still think the audio and video is better on a DVD than anything you're going to see streaming unless you have really high-quality stuff. But one thing the technology is irritating me is smart DVD players. You know, I really get annoyed. I want a DVD player that just plays DVDs, can just do that well. But what do I get? I put the DVD in. And the Sony DVD player, well, it wants to talk to the internet. It wants to talk to all the other devices in the house. And I have to stand there and wait. And then it initializes. And then it's asking, do I want to play a DVD? Or perhaps I should do something else. Perhaps I should use the DVD player to stream something on Roku or any other services I don't have. So it really irritates me. But anyway, even though I'm not a professional movie reviewer, I'm not a professional firearm reviewer, I appreciate both, and so I'm going to give this my best shot to review a movie that I think is extremely important. Uh, It's a movie, it's called Nefarious. I'll play the trailer here in just a minute. It's, if if any of you that share our worldview, maybe a biblical worldview, or anything different that's outside of our culture today, when it comes to when it comes to movies, music, and anything like that, it's it's as if we have to filter everything that we see through this lens of, is this going to have some nonsense message? Is it a message film? A lot of your director-based films where they focus on your directors, they all have a message that they're they're trying to put out. And Disney has perfected that, obviously, so you go to the movies these days and you rather than get entertained you get a barrage of whatever message that uh, is of the spirit of the age that that particular time this is what message we want to share be it uh, an environmentalist one be it a anti-american one be it an anti-faith one anything but there's always a message that seems to filter through these movies and they come through the screen. So rather than sit there and enjoy an escape, everything gets permeated with some kind of a worldly message that, frankly, it's not entertaining. Like I said, I worked at Blockbuster. I loved movies. I loved going to the movies, kicking back for two hours or however long the movie was, not be inundated with any special messaging. It's this is an incredible film. The picture was great. The story was great. It kept you involved. You don't get that anymore. Very, very rarely. And there's an empty, there's a lack in entertainment of just, hey, there is no, there's no clear cut message except be, be pro 
be pro-American, be pro, just enjoy the thing. Top Gun, I think Maverick really nailed it, really hit it out of the park, and more and more movies are starting to kind of trickle through where it's like, hey, maybe we ought to lay off the messaging. But then at the same time, there's never been in a a real theatrical release up until recently any counterpunch to a message-based film where you know walking into it that you might be able to go see this film and experience a biblical worldview, a message that does share that. And at the same time, without being corny and dumb and there, there are so many faith-based films that sure, they, they, they speak to a, an important message, but it just, it tends to fall on de- the deaf ears because there's, there's no real storytelling. So Steve Dace, he's a, um, He's a radio host on the Blaze Radio Network. He's an author. He has been front and center fighting the the COVID nonsense. He's written bestsellers, and he he wrote a book, I think it was back in 2013, called A Nefarious Plot. Essentially, it's about a demon telling what what they would do to subvert the culture away from God and... The rights to the the book they got picked up by the uh, Believe Entertainment Group, who who put out the Abby Johnson story, Unplanned, the abortion film that, oddly enough, was rated R, in an attempt by the uh, Motion Picture Association to keep Christians who would typically never go to the theater or, or church groups who wouldn't go to a theater and endorse an R-rated film, uh, to keep the box office numbers down, and basically a warning shot that don't don't you try this kind of message film this is you're in our you're in our sandbox stay in your lane and then they put out the the very very popular god's not dead movies and so they picked up the rights to steve dace's book a nefarious plot and the thing about the movie is it's not a spoiler to the book it's uh the way he describes it is it's a sequel And the message in this film is very, very powerful. So before I get into it, I want to play the trailer. And let me know what you think. Oh? You should have accepted my offer, James. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. But he's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And therefore incapable of being executed. I need you to prove he's faking it. Edward? I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm not Edward. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. What happened to Edward? We own him. He's a master manipulator. You have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer, not him. Give me something to make me believe you. Prove to me you're a demon.
Probably just a coincidence. I want to talk to the real Edward. It makes me do bad things. I can't stop him. I need you to see something. You got a fan. Did the same thing with all his victims. Help me! I'm trying to, Edward, but you have to answer my questions. You have to tell me the truth. It won't let me! It can go away. It can go away. Yes? No. Exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. <laughs> As you picked up from the the trailer there, and I encourage you to watch this on YouTube or uh, Rumble as well. Um, for starters, go to uh, Nefarious nefariousmovie.com you'll be able to find showtimes and all of that stuff there it's probably not going to be in theaters very long because of how the motion picture association works how they pick movies that get screen time and all of that but this movie we went and saw it last week I can't tell you how powerful this movie was to see it, especially seeing it on the on the big screen. You see, obviously what this is, is this is a movie, it's about a, uh, a serial killer who on the day of his execution claims that he's possessed by a demon. Obviously the state law says that uh, they have to determine whether or not he's crazy and therefore eligible for execution or not. He's been sentenced to death row. The actors are Sean Patrick Flannery. You might remember him from Boondock Saints and also Powder and even going way back, the Indiana Jones Chronicles. He he is he's cast on the other side of the table by Jordan Belfi or Belfi, who plays a psychiatrist to come in and interview and evaluate to see if he's actually crazy or if he's not. And therefore able to to stand or uh, to stand for execution this movie is essentially two men sitting across the table from each other and they are in a battle a, a psychological battle but then as the movie progresses as it gets farther and farther into it it does become this battle between good and evil and Sean Patrick Flannery's performance in this film is, it's, it's beyond intense. The way he plays the, the serial killer, his name was, was Edward. And Sean Patrick Flannery, you know, he plays Edward and Nefarious, this demon, at the same time. He switches in between the two seamlessly. And the torture that he puts this, this, this man Edward through and the way it shows how he how he took control 
over a process of years and years and years. Then he goes into explaining the successes of not just demonic possession of Edward, but a global one. And Jordan Belfi plays a, uh, he's a, a psychiatrist. He plays an atheist, doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in the devil, doesn't believe in evil, doesn't, you know, he, he says evil isn't a diagnosis. And he's finding himself in the middle of a spiritual war that he doesn't believe in. What was one of the, and, and somebody else has said about the film that uh, that explains why demons, why, why the devil hates the human race. And they hate you because God loves you. And the entire film works around how how they have corrupted the human species, the, the, the gods, those that were created in God's own image, and little by little by little have inhabited. And he uses that word, can um, let me inhabit you. And it is incredibly powerful. It's it, Sean Patrick Flannery's role, the way he played the role, is it, it's intense, it's it's not like anything you see on on the screen anymore where somebody is that it's it's not it's not written and acted for effect there's there's no special effects there's or, or very very little there's there's not any of that big supernatural thriller kind of film and it's a huge powerful message that yes can be overt at times but at the same time wow what a message and it really gets you thinking it uh, i mean we saw this last week it still gnaws at me there's there's a scene and i'm not going to spoil it there won't be any spoilers in the um in this uh semi professional radio bronze review of the film nefarious but uh, there's there's a scene that involves a cheeseburger, extra thick chocolate shake, and fries. You you want to get broken if if your heart wants to break for someone. The cheeseburger scene is it's it's you don't see that you you don't see anybody playing a role like that. Uh, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery's performance is, has been compared by some to Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. <coughs> Excuse me. But I'd, I'd say it's it's more powerful because it's not just a psychological thriller. Now, the movie is rated R uh, for for what nobody really knows. There's There's one scene that is really 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 intense is it graphic no there's no blood and guts there's absolutely no swearing in it there's there's no f bombs there's no gore there's uh no nudity there's there's nothing that would typically give a movie like this an r rating uh even even pg13 uh i'd i'd say it's probably 
if you include that the the one intense scene that uh, without spoiling uh, that intense scene probably a higher PG thirteen film, but this is this is not worthy of an R rating, and it was done by design. It is to keep the same way they did with Abby Johnson's film. It is to keep church groups from seeing something that has a, a message, to seeing a movie on the big screen that has a message that is from a biblical worldview. So I encourage you, encourage your, your youth groups, your your church groups to go see this while we still can in the theater. It's, it's probably going to be on screens for... Uh, maybe another week or two, but and they're going to get more and more limited. They dropped there. There was when they dropped it. It released on April fourteenth this month, and there wasn't anything really big up against it. So all of a sudden, all the the studio houses Sony puts out, they dropped the Pope's Exorcist with uh, um, uh, what's his name? I just drew a blank. Um, Gladiator uh, actor. Goodness, I'm supposed to be good at this. Anyway, the Pope's Exorcist, they dropped another one, uh, another demonic style film and all of that to uh, to kind of muddy the water, to give audiences a big... Now, granted, the, the Pope's Exorcist was had been filmed, been recorded, and sat on the shelf for two years. And the day they announced that uh, Nefarious is going to open in theaters on April the 14th. When you know it, all of a sudden Sony drops The Pope's Exorcist the same weekend. And then there was another one, uh, the uh, Nicolas Cage Dracula film. Same deal. Been sitting in the can for a couple of years. And and the the Nicolas Cage Dracula one, Renfield, it's called. Just the previews. I'm like, this is so dumb. And it's all gore. It's 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 just it just looks dumb, but it's another distraction. Um, I will warn you that if you do take your church group or your youth group to see the film, I would recommend that you not bring them in for the previews, the movie previews that show before, because all the films are rated R that they're previewing. There's a lot of content. Just in the previews leading up to Nefarious, which is a which is a a film with a, a biblical worldview, and the content it was there. I I don't really get squeamish and stuff, but at the same time, now it it is definitely to, definitely those previews were enough for me. I was didn't want to look at the screen. I didn't want to hear it. I was like, I'm here to see Nefarious. So if you do bring your your church group or youth group or anything like that, I would recommend waiting until after the preview, so maybe 15 minutes after the movie starts, you know, so it can get through all of the spirit of the age nonsense because it, it it's almost like let's throw everything at this movie. All of the battles that were fought to get this movie released, it's it doesn't have a huge budget. I think they spent $4 million on that and $3 million in marketing. Um, but what they produced, what came out of that film was very, very, very powerful. And it shows the nature of our society, how easily it can be inhabited by 
this evil that is that is surrounding us at all times. And what's what's interesting about it is is that uh, Jordan Belfi's character, the psychiatrist, doesn't believe in any of it. And yet at the same time, he's found on the front lines of it. And then he's found immersed in it. And then he finds that his entire life, this evil has been working around him and taking these little jabs and little jabs and a little bit by little bit by little bit at a time has managed to begin to control him and he doesn't even see it. And then he has that moment where he does. And that particular scene, let's just say he's racing to find a phone. I can't begin to tell you how how terrified you are for him that he gets to that phone in time. So the movie itself, just the way it's written, the way those two actors, they played off of each other. They had a very limited amount of time to film together. The way they played off of each other, these two men, basically the entire film, for the most part, is shot two men sitting across from each other in a prison having a conversation. Uh, the the way it was shot, the way this movie was written, the story itself, I I can't begin to tell you how powerful and important this message is. This is a message. It's it's not it's it's not based just on inhabiting one person. Like I said before, this is this is how evil has inhabited society. Part of it to torture God, but then part of it to get right what they feel they did wrong and allowed Christ to enter this world and then to allow Christ to defeat the darkness. And it's them trying to set that right and how they've managed to do it throughout all of civilization and continue to do so. And it's so prevalent. And you you watch how how the interaction is between them and you can see it. You can see it in our daily lives. We We see... Roe versus Wade overturn, and what happens? It is it, it it is like throwing holy water on 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 the, in the Exorcist, where he's throwing holy water, and that reaction, that visceral, nasty reaction, the screaming of you take something evil away, and that reaction, or the reaction to anything that is counter to this bizarre culture that we find ourselves in today. Anything that's counter to it, and the the idea that uh, you can carve up children and change their genders and things like that, which is which is a it's a Isle of Doctor Moreau level of insanity, and these people, these groups and groups groups nationwide are lashing out in such violent and ugly ways to defend that right. To mutilate children, to kill them inside the womb, and the way this works is it's it's the Overton window where what society is allowed to see in this narrow window, what they find acceptable, keeps shifting farther and farther and farther, one direction, until that pendulum begins to swing, as it has in societies for all of civilization. That, it, that Overton window will finally find that this is not acceptable anymore. 
and it shifts. But what we find, our society, our culture finds acceptable is not in some some sort of a natural just progression of, hey, give them an inch, take a mile. No, this is, we are fighting evil forces. I can't tell you how many times you see this, this same reaction throughout society, how people lash out when something is challenged or threatened, that if you share any biblical worldview, you would find it abhorrent. You would find it evil. You would find it despicable. And you try and just push back against it. And the violence this woke culture will use to go after you, this no holds bar, they will cancel you, they will destroy you, they will do whatever they can. And this movie portrays through two men sitting across from a table from each other this spiritual battle that goes on whether you believe in it or not. So I do encourage you, go to whoisnefarious.com, look this film up. It is by far one of the most powerful films I have I've seen, and I've seen a, a, a lot of them. Like I said, I'm an expert. I worked at Blockbuster, so I should know. But uh, anyway, I do encourage you, definitely look up whoisnefarious.com. Um, it, it is a film that is it's an important one, a film that has to be made. I encourage you to support it. I encourage you to, to share with others, your friends, people that it's not geared as in a way that it's, it's, it, it's marketed as a preachy kind of film like you would see in some, some of the other faith-based films. All this is, it is, it's a psychological and spiritual thriller that does come from a, a, a biblical worldview. Instead of your, your other psychological spiritual thrillers, your exorcists, your omen, your, your things like that, where it comes from a, more of a, a Hollywood's worldview, and the only thing that can save it is a religious thing, where a, a religious, that's why you always see them, you know, involving the Catholic faith and all of that. Um, this one's different because it comes from the perspective of a biblical worldview and not written from the secular worldview. It is, yes, there's a message. And we have been dealing for decades with message-based films, but this one's got a biblical worldview and an important message. And I do encourage you to encourage you go to whoisnefarious.com, look it up. Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi are phenomenal in that film, and I don't think you're going to be disappointed. And I don't think your church group or your youth groups would be doing justice. If they don't go see this and don't learn how to engage, don't learn to see the world through this lens because this battle rages around us whether you want to see it or not. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up that, but let's let's move into our shotgun round of the news. Uh, we got just a few minutes here left. Um, a lot of crazy, crazy stuff's going on around us all the time, but here's just a few of the headlines that kind of jumped out at me. The... Donald Trump DeSantis nonsense is still raging and it's getting dumber, 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 dumber. Um, 
In the past couple of weeks, Donald Trump has sided with Disney. He sided with Anheuser Busch or InBev. He's uh, now aligning with a lot of Republicans against um, the victory on abortion, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, because they want to blame something of the same battle I was just talking about. They want to blame that for the reason why they lost in the 2022 midterms. They want to blame abortion. Why? Because doing the right thing is always a good scapegoat for your own failures. And the Republican Party has castrated itself to such a point that now Donald Trump says, I want to win. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take the most important win of any any Republican in for the past 50 years, take that most important win, and then shit can it. And just set it off to the side and say, you know what? That was garbage. That was a bad idea. I don't know. Maybe saving 60 million lives is a good idea to me. Maybe not being evil as a culture, not sacrificing children on the, on the, on the outstretched arms of Malok to burn, to die, to kill them. Maybe a culture that accepts that is doomed to begin with. But Donald Trump wants to win. The Republican Party wants to win. So they blame doing what's right. I guarantee you that turning your back on saving the lives of children is turning your back on this country and it is a losing proposition. I guarantee you that. So Donald Trump is is lining himself up with the mucky mucks uh, against Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis hasn't announced, he hasn't said... He's running for president. It is the largest, you know, open secret in politics that, yes, he will announce, uh, Ron DeSantis will announce his run for president next month after the Florida legislative session, which, as a lifelong 45-year resident of Florida, um, I like Ron DeSantis. Now, the difference is, is that I don't get into hero worship when it comes to politicians. Left or right, nobody should. So I have never been in the camp of Donald Trump only is our, is our salvation. I talked about this, uh, I think, on our last episode. This, this Donald Trump or nobody thing, that, that's not the ticket. Donald Trump had a lot of good wins. Roe versus Wade. Now, granted, the, the, the Supreme Court justices that he replaced, that he put on the court and, and that made it through the confirmation hearings... They're not originalists. They're not constitutional originalists. They tend to stay on the side of precedent. In other words, old law makes new is is reinforces new law. So precedent is it constitutional or not? Rarely comes up in the Supreme Court anymore. So the Roe versus Wade was an unexpected opportunity that the Supreme Court actually fell on the right side of the Constitution. Just they managed to fall off their own apple cart. And do that. But he did stack up a lot of L's for me. Uh, COVID being number one. Appointing Chris Ray as head of the FBI. That could be another one. Um, the fact that he keeps commending people on the left. That despise 
conservative values. He keeps saying great things about Gavin Newsom. He was nice to me, so how can I say anything bad about him? Uh, again, with uh, Christopher Ray, why, why would you put somebody like that in charge of the FBI for him to only turn around and Joe Biden to keep him on staff as the head of the FBI? Why? Because obviously Chris Ray had no problem writing a letter to the um, uh, school board association telling them to treat parents who stand up and speak against um, literature that's being that's being taught in the schools, curriculums, the CRT, the the Marxist um, education that they're that's being pushed, uh, parents that are standing up because their daughter was raped by a, a transgender so and so in the bathroom a dude that wears a skirt occasionally so he has access to the bathrooms. These are the parents that the FBI, Christopher Ray, Donald Trump's appointee, is going after and using the Patriot Act to treat them as if they are domestic terrorists. So being concerned about your child's education, being concerned about your child's safety in school, according to Donald Trump's appointee, Christopher Ray, is domestic terrorism. The same Christopher Ray that is directing the FBI to go into churches and infiltrate churches and look for more domestic terrorists, to create domestic terrorists. So, yeah, Donald Trump's got some else. And you know who Donald Trump lost? See, Donald Trump didn't win in 2020. I don't know if if, if can accept it. And at the same time, yes. The voter irregularities, and there's a chance that no, he did he did in fact win. But the way he has gone about trying to rectify that doesn't work. There wasn't anything in the Constitution. There was a legal way to fight it. He had six weeks to do it, and he wasted time with um, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. So he lost. The, the portion of the electorate that he lost were independents and suburban white women who voted for him um, in historic numbers in 2016. He lost that demographic, which obviously, if, if you're a, a, a 40, 40% country where 40% vote Republican, 40% vote um, Democrat, the independents in the middle... They are. They're the ones that you have to try and sway. Nothing he has done since is going to sway them. On the other hand, we have Ron DeSantis here in our state, the free state of Florida, who at times did buck the the COVID uh, mandates, the COVID uh, response. He went along with it, the two weeks to flatten the curve. He went through all of that. And then as things started getting dumber and dumber and just more and more irrational throughout COVID, he started putting some checks on it. And Donald Trump was furious when he decided that he was going to reopen the state. And now all of a sudden, Donald Trump, afterwards, now that he's running again, he's gaslighting the American public about Ron DeSantis, saying that he's a terrible governor, blah, 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 blah. All of this, Don, uh, Ron DeSantis won twice. He also won by an almost 20% margin, the largest margin in Florida history after governing as a conservative. 
So this dumb, 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 dumb Trump gaslighting assault on Ron DeSantis, who hasn't even announced, I don't know if he's trying to punch himself out or if he's suffering from the same dementia that Joe Biden is. But whatever course he's on, if he sticks on it, he's, I am not an only Trumper. I'm not a DeSantis, only DeSantis guy. I am what is best for the nation. And in the primaries, I will vote how I feel about that. Now, granted, I was tired of saying that I'm going to vote for uh, uh, the Republican nominee, whoever it is. I'm going to vote my principles in the primaries. But then when it comes around to the general, um, I'm going to do the right thing. Yeah, that got my vote for Mitt Romney, John McCain. Um, Yeah, that didn't work out great, did it? So I have said... Uh, for for a long time now that, you know what? No, I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to vote for the Republican nominee moving forward. I'm, I'm done with that nonsense. And then now we have Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, who are really the only two contenders. One of them will be the nominee. And I can actually happily say I would vote for either one of them. Problem is that Donald Trump is making it a lot harder for me to want to own that. And we get through the general, and more than likely, Donald Trump may become the nominee if something doesn't happen, if um, you know, if if his health you know deteriorates or anything like that. But he's making it harder for me to want to enthusiastically vote for him again. I did twice. Well, let's see. I voted for him the first time trepidatiously. I don't think we're going to get to uh, the other ones in the shotgun round, so let's just stick with the the Trump DeSantis thing. But uh, um, I was concerned about him. I said that Trump was a populist. I was concerned about could he govern as a conservative? Would he? Well, in 2016, apparently, conservative values were on the mar- were, were 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 on the market. They were they were what the the American people wanted. And so he followed those, those wins. And he said a lot of things, accomplished some of them, made a lot of promises, kept a lot of them, had a lot of wins. And now he did not win in 2020, or he is not the president, regardless of where you stand on the, the voter uh, the rolls, the 81 million for Joe, the 76 for him. I don't see how it's possible. Joe got 81 million votes. Um, there's not that many ice cream parlors. But at the same time, the fact of the matter is, is that now here he is, and he has to campaign against somebody who is governed purely as a conservative. Calling uh, Now he's calling DeSantis a Soros plant. Uh, Ron DeSantis is the only governor in the country that, that fired a Soros DA for refusing to prosecute Florida law because it doesn't align with the George Soros model. So, and he's publicly said it. He's also gone against the mouse. And that's another thing. This, this, this goldfish memory bank of Republicans that say that what Ron DeSantis did against Disney, see, at the time, everybody was cheering it because of what they were doing. That spirit of the age, that, that demonic nature of grooming children in our schools was was the law that was being proposed. 
and then they cloaked their hesitancy, their their anger against it, and then and named it the "Don't Say Gay" bill. There's nothing about it that doesn't say gay that that says anything against the gay culture, any of that. All it says is that teachers are there to teach your children specifics and education. They are not there to change your child's gender. They're not there to teach them about sexual activities. They're not there to teach them how to practice different kinds of sex. They're not there to teach them any of those things. That does not belong in curriculum. If that's something that their parents are fine with, but everything in that bill said that nothing gets, gets to the student that doesn't get seen by the parent. So... That's what the battle was. Disney decided because a part of their workforce um, bought the bait of the don't say gay thing. He's just going to hate gays, hate gays, hate gays, which isn't the case at all. It's just a matter of let children be children, give them education, and then let them, let them do what they want to when they become an adult. That's all it was. Disney decided they would go on this huge campaign against, the, uh, against this new law and um, at the same time, um, campaign against it, pull funding, all of that good stuff, do the normal, you know, woke cancellation thing. And then the governor said, fine, you've been behaving as your own government, as a, a corporation with no rules from the outside, from the state government or anything. Uh, it's time you lost that. And everybody cheered, everybody cheered, everybody cheered. But now that, now that it's dragged on a little bit, and Donald Trump is trying to run left of Ron DeSantis. He has to side with Disney on this. And the Republican Party is like, hey, this is a bad move, this whole Disney thing. We should move on. Well, the thing is, Ron DeSantis isn't a globalist. He's a governor of the state of Florida. And our children do not need indoctrination, be it that from Marxism or culture. They need an education. So I am concerned that Donald Trump is going to make it difficult for me to vote for him enthusiastically, if at all, if he stays on this populist leftist path that he's all of a sudden pivoted to. Um, I, would, I would urge you, just think. Stop. Your, your Messiah is not a politician. Our republic isn't a politician. Our republic is you. Our culture isn't our republic. Our culture is destroying it under the name of democracy. So I urge you, we got one more, uh, one more deadbeat sponsor break. Florida man's pun and done. Then we're going to close things out. This portion of the program is being brought to you by Colonel Jessup's Gitmo Bay Cafe. I eat my breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me. You know this, but you never bother to find out what I actually have for breakfast. Every morning at 0500, I go down to Colonel Jessup's Gitmo Bay Cafe and order myself a Code Red. What's a code red? Well, I thought you'd never ask. The code red is two oversized huevos served over toast with sausage and a cup of espresso so strong you'll be able to march for days without collapsing. 
If you think a code red may be bad for your health, then I suggest you've never faced the working end of a Soviet-made Cuban AK-47 assault rifle. If you're from the health department and want to investigate me, then take caution. I am a fair guy, but this forking heat is making me absolutely crazy. If you want to investigate me, roll the dice and take your chances. Don't you think for one second you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous? If you'd like to order a code red from Colonel Jessup's Gitmo Bay Cafe, remember, you gotta ask me nicely. I want you to stand there and with your Harvard mouth extend me some forking courtesy. Until next time, walk softly and carry an armored tank division, I always say. And welcome back to America's Pal. In closing, let's get right to Florida Man's pun and done. You see, this farmer one day, he happened to... Pardon me. This farmer one day, he walked all the way over to the next farm over, and he knocks on the front door, and and little Johnny answers the door. And he says, hello there, little Johnny. Is your mommy and daddy home? And Johnny says, well, no, sir, he, uh, they both went into town. I don't expect them to be back till well after dark. So the farmer, he kind of stands there nervously for a second, and he says, okay, how about your brother, your older brother Howard? Is, is Howard home? Can I talk to him? And little Johnny, he said, hey, this, this, he went to town with them. I don't expect them to be back till well after dark, like I said. if I mean, if you need any tools, but, you know, Dad, he, he told me where everything's at. I could... Be happy to show you where everything's at if you need to borrow some tools or maybe some extra feed or something. And the farmer, he stands there for a little bit and he says, No, Johnny, unfortunately, I I have to talk to your father about uh, your brother Howard getting my daughter pregnant. So Johnny stood there for a second and he thought and he scratched his head and he goes, Well, you know, you're probably better off talking to Pop about that because uh, I know that to stud the bulls, he gets about five hundred and fifty dollars each for that. And uh, if you want to, if you want to uh, stud one of the pigs, well, that's about a hundred and fifty each. But come to think of it, I don't know what Dad charges for Howard services. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Um, tune in next week, as always. Um, I would definitely recommend you take your family go see nefarious who is nefarious.com or nefariousmovie.com go see that it's it's a cultural film that that you really 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 will need to see but until then remember it's a republic if you can keep it Bye. Bye, NSA. Bye, FBI. We'll see you, Alphabet Soup Group. See you next time.